Dear Heavenly Father, help me to understand not only your purpose for me and my life, but the messages and the words of Jesus, the apostles, and the prophets in the Bible, so that I may understand what it is specifically you would have for me to do in my life to fulfill those two great commandments to love you with all my heart and to love my neighbors as myself. Welcome to Cross Discourse, where music, culture, and life are discussed across the media spectrum weekly to help you live a godly life. Cross Discourse. Christ is culture. Yo, what's up? It's your boy Anonymous coming to you with another episode of Cross Discourse. And I always say this, and I know that, you know, I might be trying to do something a little different, but you know, it is always me trying to stay in tune with the Holy Spirit when I come up with these episodes. And so some of them may seem similar to the other ones, but I think a lot of them will be different and just different enough to just keep this whole thing uh, kind of fresh and new in your minds. Uh, but today I was really thinking about some really cool stuff and it really um, just blew my mind when I started doing the research. Uh, and that is the phrase, what would Jesus do? I was, uh, I don't know why, but that phrase just came to my mind. Uh, what would Jesus do? And the first thing I did was I Googled it. Like, what is, where did that phrase come from? And in and, and actuality, I remember growing up as a teenager in the 90s and a lot of people wearing those bracelets. And uh, that was the first thing that uh, came to mind, WWJD. And so I did a little research and there was a book uh, written in the 1890s. So a hundred years before I became a teenager in the 1890s, there was a book called In His Steps, What Would Jesus Do by Charles Sheldon. And I actually uh, ordered the book. I read the first chapter and just my mind was just blown with so many different things. Um, because in that particular book, uh, there is a character uh, who they refer to as a tramp. But uh, I guess in more modern terms, it's a bum or a hobo, uh, if you prefer that term, um, who kind of steps up to the plate and just talks to uh, the parishioners after he had been looking around for a, a job. Uh, and this question really popped out to me. And the, the hobo or the tramp in the story just says, what do you Christians mean by following the steps of Jesus? Whoa. And, and that is kind of like the premise for the whole book where I think, um, you know, I haven't read the whole thing yet. I, I plan to. But uh, this idea, like everybody really starts uh, taking that phrase, what would Jesus do in everything that they do? Uh, and it was really, really interesting. But even beyond that, I started doing some research. Uh, on Charles Sheldon um, and the first thing that popped up when I typed in Charles Sheldon was his Wikipedia page but the the first thing that popped out in my mind was this idea of the social gospel movement and I was really enthralled when I just started doing my research on the social uh, gospel movement and basically the social gospel movement 
was a movement um, within Christianity where these these Christians were trying to apply Christian principles and ideas to social problems, uh, things like alcoholism, inequality, crime, racial tensions, uh, women, male, female interactions and things like that. And they were kind of considered the progressives within Christianity. And in fact, some of their ideas um, strongly clashed with a famous preacher that we, you know, if you're a Christian or if you're kind of in the Christian movement trying to do your research, you've come across the name D.L. Moody or Dwight Moody, who um, has his own Bible Institute, the uh, Moody Bible Institute. Um, and it came into direct conflict with him because they really wanted to use the Christian idea to sit on this podium of helping the people, helping the people really uh, change in their ways and, and think about how they could help uh, 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 the normal everyday person kind of uh, get out and do right by people, right? And um, so they did a lot of things like, you know, what, what you may do in your church, you know, maybe do, giving to the poor, uh, going out there and helping to um you know uh you know feed the poor but you know give people uh money um charity um that was really what the thing and Dwight Moody was actually kind of really much more interested in um going through the life-saving message of Jesus and there and and to this day there's still a lot of people that really focus on you know the focus the message should be the gospel you know, Jesus died for your sins um, and because you're a sinner and you only need him to make it to heaven. And that's the whole gospel. Well, the the social gospel people really kind of tried to turn it on his head to say, hey, you know, um, we need to really focus. We need to have some fruit uh, within our uh, ministry. And that fruit should be to helping the poor man. And, um, you know, I, like I said, I only read the first chapter of In His Steps by uh by charles sheldon but i was just immediately enthralled and just say hey you know what i i've got to talk about this i've got to talk about this so i just pulled up some some bible verses pulled up some some things that we can really talk about in this episode uh and really get you to thinking and, and studying on your own and and tell me what you think about this um this idea of social gospel uh, so when we come back, uh, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give you some of these Bible verses. I'm going to share my thoughts, and I look forward to hearing from you and your emails uh, what you thought. And again, as always, you can email me at Cross Discourse. That is Cross, C-R-O-S-S, Discourse, D-I-S-C-O-U-R-S-E, at gmail.com. Um, just what, what what came to your mind. Uh, all right. So um, after this song or after this music, we're going to come back and discuss social gospel. What would Jesus do? It's good. Yeah. 
light on the kit Over time, I've been grinding, put my all in the this In my prime, off the line, raise you high with the hits God is good, beat me up when I was dirty in the piss Being drugged through the dirt, you keep me warm, sweatshirt Scarred up, but done hurt, and in the end, it's worth the hurt He never said that it would be easy, he told me that he would never leave me He never said that it would be easy he told me that he would never leave me New whip, new day, new smile, okay My light shine, sun ray, we go nuts, no payday I flip the script on Satan today He won't win, there's no way He won't win, there's no way I get stickers on it. Bank account statement is showing empty. Even showing over draft fees. Sometimes I ask why me. Then I remember I was sinning. He sent the sun just to cleanse me. Now I let his light shine within me. Right now he got me on new levels. Walking on all of these new devils. Giving all gas, no brake pedals. Praying emotion to flow blessings. My God, mm mm good. Get that understood. My God, mm mm good. Get that understood. And I have a new will, new day, new smile. Okay, my light shine. We go nuts, no payday I flip the script on Satan today He won't win, there's no way He won't win, there's no way find that song on Rapzilla if you're into uh, Christian hip-hop I think that was a really really I like that song and it kind of really leads into a lot of what we're talking about just talking about how he changed his life based on uh, the message uh, so my first Bible verse today is coming to you from first Peter 221 I'm going to be doing English standard version today um, just because I like the way they sounded as I was reading them uh, so first Peter 2:21 says this for this for to this you have been called because Christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps. We're going to come back to that in a little bit but I have a few other verses. Uh 1 Samuel 16:7 but the Lord said to Samuel, do not look on his appearance or on the height of his stature because I have rejected him, for the Lord sees not as man sees. 
Man looks on the outward appearance, but the Lord looks on the heart. I've got Romans 14, 19. So then let us pursue what makes for peace and for mutual upbuilding. Galatians 5, 22. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. Um, and then the, finally, the last one, it is Matthew 22, 35 through 40. And one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question to test him. Teacher, what is the greatest commandment in the law? And he said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the great and first commandment. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments depend all the law and the prophets. So today I really just want to sit and, and talk to you a little bit about uh, the social gospel movement with the concept of we're thinking of what would Jesus do kind of being our rallying cry. It's a cool rallying cry. And I think it sums up a lot of these things um, when we're talking about the Christian culture in today's times. Um, and I, I gave you the Bible verses and I really want to just settle on uh, particularly first Peter 221. Uh, because I think that's what the what would Jesus do kind of verse uh, kind of alludes to or, or saying alludes to. That's the verse that the saying alludes to. Um, and then um, talk a little bit about the social gospel and maybe come up with some ideas or thoughts on how it can apply to us today. So you have the Bible verses and let's go back to first Peter um, two. 21 it says for this you have been called what have we been called for and what is for to this right because christ also suffered for you leaving you an example so that you might follow in his steps so there are three parts really in this verse uh it says christ suffered for you right that is the gospel we are imperfect christ died for us and then it says leaving us an example what was the example that jesus set for us and then it says so that you might follow in his footsteps so this is there is an understanding that we are to follow in the footsteps of christ and there are a lot of verses that go into detail uh, so i just brought out um some of those other verses because i want us to understand uh just as in first samuel 16 God isn't looking at the outward man. God is looking at what's in a man's heart. And we know that David wasn't the most beautiful, tallest, fine specimen of a man. Uh, his brothers more uh, cap cap uh, capitalized on that look. And um, and but Samuel went to David. Right. David was the choice of God to lead the nation after Saul. Um, and so that's really what we need to concentrate on when we look at those verses and um, Peter 2:21. what is in our hearts and then of course Romans 14 19 says when we look at what is in our hearts we need to look for we need to pursue peace and mutual upbuilding building up of the church building up of the Christian culture building up uh, the body uh, and what can bring peace and upbuilding in those ways uh, and then finally Galatians 5:22 is proof this is the proof that what we are doing is fulfilling 
those two great commandments that were mentioned in Matthew uh, and, and the other synoptic gospels. But what is the fruit of the spirit? Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness. So we know if we are, if we see those things amongst the body or amongst Christians, we are fulfilling the fruit of the spirit. Not only are we fulfilling it, it is uh, fruit. It is proof that we are actually Christians um, and that we are doing the things that Jesus has commanded us to do. All right. So I hope that makes a little bit of uh, sense. I know I'm doing this kind of slightly different, almost like I'm teaching. I'm really not trying to. But this is just this was just what was on my mind as I considered uh, this particular um, message today for us to just talk about and think about. Um, so a little bit more on the social gospel movement. Right. So a lot of people accredit the social gospel movement with the creation of uh, social workers. Right. Um, this idea that people are out there trying to help other people get their lives together. Uh, you'll you'll hear names like uh, Jane Adams. You'll hear phrases like prohibition. Right. So the social gospel was one of the first to really get out there to help people to live their lives in a better way. The YMCA, uh, which is the Young Men's Christians Association. We don't really associate the YMCA anymore with Christianity, but it is there, right? That, that, that C is in the YMCA. It's the Young Men's Christian Association. And we know that uh, organizations like them were meant to house and help uh, young men to grow up and to live uh, productive lives socially uh, with the con with the idea that the gospel is what is leading their lives. Uh, the YMCA, Jane Adams, they created these houses uh, that provided things such as education and health care. Uh, we have daycare. Um, and these people in these poorer neighborhoods, particularly when I mentioned Charles Selden, there's another gentleman by the name of um, Walter, I, I don't know how to say his last name, Rauschenbusch. Uh, Rauschenbusch, um, and who was also a very prominent figure in the early social gospel movement, but they both really were out there kind of um, helping to solve this problem of, um, you know, what we're supposed to do within social gospel, uh, helping people to um, move forward the, the message or the glory of God. Of, of God. Um, and so there, it wasn't a unified movement is kind of what I'm understanding it. So you had people, particularly in the South, focusing much more on rules and laws to help us live godly lives. That's where the idea of prohibition came about, where these social, these Christians were were fighting for us to outlaw uh, alcohol because it led to debauchery and, and a whole host of other things and outlawing um um, uh, things like cursing and outlawing uh, these things that we saw as evil within the communities. And we really wanted to uh, stamp out those things because those were ungodly. But you had other groups within social gospel, not necessarily um, focusing on those social issues like gambling and corruption and, and alcoholism and morality, but really focusing on building people up and helping them which is why you had those people operating those social welfare offices, uh, those educational places, schools, healthcare. care. Um, you'll, you'll get around this time where you have a lot of 
um, Christian organizations opening up schools for African-Americans. Uh, you have a lot of people supporting the suffrage movement, the fr suffragist movement, where giving pe women the right to vote and encouraging them to actually get involved in politics. Um, and so you look at that. Uh, where, and so they started thinking about what would Jesus do as this I, as this rallying cry to really get them to uh, think about morally, what am I supposed to do in this situation? What would Jesus do as I wake up in the morning? What would Jesus do as I go out and go to work to teach or I go out to go to work as an engineer, go out to go to work? in my blue collar job where I am working with a lot of people that are cursing and swearing and acting a fool. Where, what would Jesus do when I'm in my white collar job where people are maybe doing some unscrupulous practices, shifting money here and there, and maybe keeping a little for themselves or, or even trying to cheat people in other areas? What would Jesus do in every aspect of my life? Now, obviously the social gospel was focused on social movements and helping people outside of, not necessarily work but i want to equate it to everything that we do what would jesus do and we know and as i was a kid and i put on that bracelet that what would jesus do bracelet i uh it was supposed it was given to me as this idea of uh how are we supposed to live our lives at school how are we supposed to live our lives at home maybe at school we're supposed to work hard because that's what Jesus would do. Answer all the questions and, and do all my work early without thinking about myself. Um, if it was at home, I would probably do some chores, right? Um, and, and help around the house so that my mother and father, if I live with them, and even if I didn't, make their lives a little bit easier by not arguing with them so much or, or doing things that would cause them uh, consternation. You know what I mean? So that was the idea of that bracelet. It was a reminder. And there's actually a verse in the Old Testament that really tells the Israelites to, to have reminders written on their or, or on their garments for their kids to remember the good things that Jesus did for them. So this is actually somewhat and loosely uh, related to that Old Testament verse, having a bracelet of uh, WWJD bracelet to kind of keep you in that mindset of following uh, forth with uh, the message of the gospel and living a, a godly life, right? So that is, uh, in a nutshell, what the social gospel movement is. So there were a lot of different areas where this movement permeated throughout culture, permeated throughout society, and it got them to, um, you know, at least focusing on Jesus, focusing on the model for our lives. Because listen, if you died unto Christ, if you were baptized and you were resurrected as a new creation, as a new being, it is my opinion. And again, I am a layman, so I'm not a pastor, but it is my opinion that we are living the life that Jesus would be living had not we killed him. Think about that. Your sins are the reason why Jesus was hung on the cross and died. He is the propitiation for our sins. So if we're to live a life, uh, uh, if we are now able to live a life, shouldn't it be the life that Jesus would be proud of because he died in our stead? Because when we make it to heaven, Jesus, uh, God sees us as perfect through the blood that Jesus said because he lived the perfect life. Shouldn't we be trying to live in a way according to uh, how he would uh, want us to? And that's really my message today. Um, and, and when I think about what would Jesus do? Um, so how does it apply today? 
how does it apply to our lives today? I mentioned it a little bit and, and, and in some way, um, shape or form earlier. But I think about every day that I wake up having my quiet times. Yes, Jesus spent plenty of time in the Bible. There's examples. He prayed constantly. He prayed in every action. And then he didn't ask God to do something for him. He said, God, if it is your will, if it is your will, let me be this way. And I think that's how we ought to approach life. We ought to pray first and foremost. Pray. Keep that line of communication open with God. Pray to him. Read our Bibles. Constantly communicate with him because once we are in that open line of communication, we can understand him and he understands us and what we need. He already does. But we're opening that line of communication and we're submitting ourselves to him and allowing him to lead our lives. I think that's first and foremost. What first and foremost, excuse me. One of the other things about the social gospel that I really, really uh, enjoy reading about is how they actually got out there and they focused on charity, focused on people that were less fortunate than themselves. And I know I mentioned this in another podcast that Christians used to be one of the largest giving uh, groups in the entire United States. And now we're focused more on ourselves and, and maybe instead of giving money to other people, we need to give them the gospel. And it, yes, everybody needs the gospel, but we really need to be focusing on helping other people, those less fortunate than ourselves and not just Christians, but everybody, because that is how people see our love. I'll go back to that verse that the fruit of the spirit verse in Galatians 5, 22. How are we showing love? How are we showing joy? How are we showing peace, patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness, right? Um, and then there obviously is a Bible verse uh, that talks about where Jesus, or you get, you die and you get up on and say, Jesus, didn't I cast out? Didn't I do this at all? And he says, get away from me because I do not know you or you never knew me right? Those are powerful verses. And I think that nowadays we really ought to be concentrating on charity, right? Does your church do enough charity? And if not, how, what are some things that you can do? What do you see in your neighborhoods um, that is leading to social decay? And I don't mean sitting out on a pulpit yelling and screaming the gospel and everything. Yes, everyone does need the gospel, but through our lives, we can be living a way that shows love, that shows joy, that shows peace, that shows patience, kindness, goodness, and faithfulness without beating people over the brow. We need to be socially out there helping people. Do you volunteer? I know one of the things that hurt my heart uh, for the past four or five years is during the holiday season, I always try to find a soup kitchen or something uh, near me where I can volunteer my time um, to help people. And I want to bring my wife and kids. And I've been turned away uh, because they had too many volunteers, which is a good thing. But I know that during that time that they have open, um, they're not going to get everybody. So there aren't enough organizations out there doing anything. And that's something that I've been wanting to do that God has had on my heart to really helping people get the the food, the, the basic necessities taken care of. I remember when I was teaching, I used to always want to participate uh, in those gift giving campaigns to people that didn't have enough. And I would take two or three. And this is not the brag. This is just stating fact. I would just take two or three and have my boys go out with me so that we can support someone that actually needed 
help that actually needed something for Christmas. And it would be a family. If I if I got one, it would be a family, mother or father and child or children so that everybody can enjoy their Christmas. Um, and I would also at my church, we had we used to have the Christmas shoe boxes. I, I know we didn't do that last year. At least I didn't see them last year um, doing things like that, because that is a form of social gospel ladies and gentlemen and if there isn't any, excuse me if there isn't anything at your church you can go out and create something on your own i really think that we ought to focus on what would jesus do in every aspect of our lives um socially so when we wake up and my friends this is the last thing i'm going to say when you are in a long line or at a business place of business where the service is horrible what would jesus do right would we just condemn them, yell and scream and get angry? Or would we be patient, joyful, loving? Again, that Galatians 5.22, that fruit of the spirit. Would we show good fruit when we're out there sharing with other people? Hey, family, that is all I have time for today. As always, email me at crossdiscourse at anonymous. I'm sorry, crossdiscourse at gmail.com. I love you. I look forward to hearing from you again. And stay tuned for my next episode. Peace. <laughs>